Hey, Nora. Not that we have notes here. My impromptu remarks organized here. <laughs> well, actually, I don't have very much to say about this, even though I have. I don't have much story. to say about mine either. <laughs> First of all, I got this from PSFK, your site. I mm-hmm. thought I'd get there today before you did to call <laughs> right. poach for ah. stories. Exeter was the surprise location for the inaugural Like Minds Conference, bringing together an eclectic mix of social media experts and practitioners from near and far. So they got about, I think they got about 500 people together. No, there were 200 delegates and they got another 500 in to watch it on free video streaming. Mm-hmm. Nora's staring at me, so I can't read. <laughs> yes, no, no, that's, that's okay. okay. Watch my eyes. Watch, watch my, my eyes. eyes. Watch my yeah, eyes. You are cheating. But the thing that really caught my eye about this is, is that social media is not free. And you know what? We all think of it is. We all think of you know, our Facebook, all these things as being free. Mm -hmm. They're not because what they said is how much time you put Mm -hmm. into it. And that is actually dollar value of your own time that's going into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this case, I think, you know, when they're talking about for businesses, right, you've presumably you allocated somebody to come up with your uh, social media strategy and you have a team that's blogging and Twittering and da, 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 da. Their point being, yeah, sure, the software is free, but if you're going to do it right, you're probably paying the people who work for you to do it, right? So it's not free. Okay, well then let's suppose that your show Spark costs $10 to mm-hmm. produce. How much of that $10 goes to feeding the social media beast, would you say, roughly? I don't know. The blog takes up, takes up a little bit more time for posts and stuff. Probably about probably $1.50 out of 10 that's really? sort of a guess, yeah. Oh, I thought it would even have been higher than that. But it's that... pretty self-sustaining at this point, you know. Like I would say, email takes longer than all of our social media stuff. Why? Spent... It just takes a long time to answer people's requests. It takes a long time. But is that because more listeners are comfortable using email than going to the blog? Because typing is typing, right? Yeah, I think it's partly that, and I think that's the thing. Like it being a one-to-one communications medium you write a blog post that's read by many people and then, you know, you're commenting a little bit in the comments and talking to people, but it's a much lighter thing than responding individually to each person. But anyway, okay, so that was the first thing that they said. And you're right, this really was meant in the context not of an individual, but of a corporation. The second one is that social media is a long-term investment and not to expect instant gratification. And the third one was, is that social media remains in the early adoption phase. Would you say that that's true, being a, a social media thinker? Think. Well, you are. You talk about I this I think a lot. things are getting to a real tipping point. I, I have noticed just in the last, like, six months how many more people comment on stuff, even at the Sniffer blog, which I don't think podcasts necessarily lend themselves to people going to the website and commenting because, you know, usually like you're listening to it on your iPod or whatever, and you're not looking at it on the web, right? Yeah. But I have noticed the number of comments really increasing. I think things are starting to take off. And I'm, I wondered whether maybe it was just because people are like getting used to writing on people's walls in Facebook or whatever, that they don't feel as self-conscious about commenting yeah. as much before. But do you think it's tipping to the point? Like, are you saying, okay, this is going to be such a huge thing? Or do you think it's just going to go away, burn itself out? I don't think it's going to go away, but I do think that 
there's still no guarantee that those sites are really going to make money back. Like we still don't know what the kind of model for mm -hmm. for making them workable. That's no, but anyway, I, I just I thought it was interesting some of the things that they came up with. Yeah, it's worth the, it's worth a look actually, especially if you have a business where you are thinking about using social media or you do use social media. Yeah, well, it seems that if you're using, if you're in a business now, if you're not thinking about social media of spending a dollar fifty of your ten on that, you're maybe not doing a good job. Yeah, I planning for the future. Uh, Mitch Joel from Twist Image. You know yeah, yeah. Image, the other day for Spark, and he was. In his book, Six Pixels of Separation, he talks about, you know, it's not enough just to say, we got to be on Facebook, we got to be on Twitter or whatever. You have to really think more strategically about it. It's at that point where it's just not good enough to say, we have a Facebook page. You have to think, how are we using it? What are our goals? What are we trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, I did not understand your story. <laughs> I thought it was cute, but I didn't understand it. So I'm going to. It's not really. There's nothing to really to understand. Uh, Katerina Fake. She was one of the founders of Flickr. Yeah. And she is now one of the founders of Hunch.com, which is this kind of social search engine that helps you make decisions and uses the input of people. I think we've talked about it on the Sniffer, actually. Look, Dan Meisner said our podcast was getting too self-referential. What does he mean by that? I think the last time we re we referred to something like one story that we'd done like four years ago or something that like we're probably the only people who remember. Too bad. Nobody's <laughs> paying us as we just talked about. Uh, anyway. <laughs> You're getting too tough, Reverend. Anyway, um, I just thought this was kind of inspirational for you as a creative person, as a novelist. She says that her friend Emily pointed out a quote in The New Yorker. The article is about the painter Luc Thumann, who describes how he creates his work, she writes. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know how to do it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. As a like way of thinking about the creative process, where somehow like ideas come out and you don't really know where they're coming from, but somehow they're coming through you and you just have to trust that they're going to continue to flow. All right. Come to the blog. Is self-referential enough for you folks? <laughs> we talk about Nora's show, my book. <laughs> How long has never Come to been the blog the, for links to that thing stories. we talked about before. <laughs> for you links to these stories and more. TheSniffer.net. Bye. Bye.